0: Welcome back to Sea Also. I'm Kate Jinx.
1: I'm Brody Lancaster. How are you going, Jinxie?
0: I am all right. I'm, you know.
1: I'm okay. What about you? Good. I don't know how to start our podcast Still, 50 episodes in. Oh my God. Happy 50 episodes. Happy 50 episodes. This is a milestone, right? I know. We should be celebrating in some way. Well, we are. We are talking about lots of great things today. I've got a Coke Zero. You've got a coffee. I mean, it's living, right? Clink, (laughs) clink. I have some celeb news. Oh, go for it. After our recent chat about influencers, Mm -hmm. I've been thinking a lot. I'm never going to stop talking or thinking about them. I thought of like 10 different... Ideas after recording that episode that I didn't mention, but I have a new favorite person on Instagram who's using products. I'm not going to call her an influencer. Okay. She's a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Sophia Ritchie. Oh, she's everybody's favorite, right? <laughs> she's everyone's new favorite. And I am in full agreement. There's something about Sophia. I'm so glad she got away from Scott Disick. She's married like a true music industry Napo baby. Um, this British, you know, as one herself. Totally. Absolutely. Oh my God. Lionel Richie like walked her down the aisle and was pointing at her going, that's my kid. That's my kid. He's so proud. That's cute. Um, good Charlotte played Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous (laughs) at their South of France (laughs) (laughs) wedding reception when she was wearing custom Chanel. Oh boy. Um, dancing on stage. I fucking loved every second of it. I was like. I know what's wrong with this. I know. Logically. Critically. I know. Don't care. Love it. She looks so pretty. Every photo. She does look good. She got a little bit sun-kissed on the first few days, (laughs) so didn't wear any more makeup. Oh, love her. Good for her. Yeah. I've been amused by seeing mostly Americans
0: going, did you know that she is Nicole Richie's sister?
1: The level of like cultural education at this point in time, It's it's like straight to jail straight to jail you should get your tiktok taken away from you you literally need to people in the comments being like wait that's her dad you should get your tiktok (laughs) took (laughs) us yeah we love sophia we love sophia i've never heard her speak before that's two sophias we love yeah i'm sure there's a few coppola would have a field day with richie They'd have a good day. I could see them filming a high octane together. Sophia Richie would have so much fun on high octane. She would. Yeah, I bet she, she liked fast. I mean, Scott Disick had a lot of fast cars. I'm sorry to keep mentioning him. Yeah, you need to wash your mouth out after every time. I think. <laughs> Her mother-in-law is like Lady Grange, Lady Catherine, or something. Mm. It's like elite, legit, legit. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on in your world apart from? Sophia Richie getting sun kissed. Um, well, that's a big thing that's happened to me. <laughs> I went to the movies this week and or last week when you're listening to this and saw air, air. Why am I putting I'm doing a really hard R. I feel like I need to air air brackets 2023. This is tar all over again. Truly. Yeah. The new Ben and Matt joint. Um, all about fucking shoe dogs uh, getting the deal of the century uh, in like the what, 80s, it's late 70s. I don't know. When Michael Jordan was just about to start playing for the Chicago Bulls, it was like capital M a movie. Just like, all right, when, when I, if I ever find myself needing to put on something that will please me and my dad. Mm-hmm. And like all manner of people who maybe don't have anything in common. What's one of those? Air. It's good to file that away, actually. Oh yeah, it's a it's like a a perfect three star movie. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, so it'd be good for the plane, also. Absolutely, total plane movie. I it it did remind me of when I watched The Big Short on a plane and had taken some Valium and I just convinced myself that I knew why the recession happened in 2008 after watching the big short, like watching this movie. I was like, yeah, that's how deals are done in the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Tucker is in it. And I had a moment where he was like cracking jokes on screen. And I leaned over to my friend and went, God, I've missed Chris Tucker. (laughs) And she kind of didn't react. And then after the movie, she reminded me because immediately in my head, I was like, there's a reason I haven't seen Chris Tucker around in years, fifth element, you know, since the fifth Mm. element really. And she reminded me after the screening that he was on the logs for the Lolita Express. Um, Okay. Yep. So uh, allegedly was on the island with Jeffrey Epstein.
0: Wow, and now he's been
1: employed by... Ben and Matt. Oh. So casting him was a choice. Yeah, I didn't feel good about that. No, there's a lot of phone acting in this movie. Love that. Yeah, Viola Davis doing deals with Matt Damon over the phone. What's his name? Chris Messina yelling into the phone so hot, doing a real Ari Gold (laughs) moment. Um, Yeah,
0: it was great. Did you see, uh, there was like a recent piece somewhere, there was an interview with... Ben, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard. Doesn't really matter. Uh, Doesn't really matter about how when they sold um, Goodwill Hunting that they thought that they'd like made it because they got $600,000, which was like more money than they ever dreamed of. Yeah. But then like they had to split that in half and then they had to give 10% each to their managers and then like pay taxes on it. And then they were essentially left with like, a hundred grand, a hundred grand each, and they bought. They both bought a Jeep Wrangler, and then were left with fifty grand,
1: and that's like that's all they took home from Goodwill Hunting. How do you like them paychecks? <laughs> I love that. I've got to see also for
0: myself mm. now that we're talking about being at the movies. Yeah, uh, I need to see *Polite Society*. What's that? Uh, so *Polite Society* just came out in Australia, at least. It's by uh, Nida Manzoor. She made that TV show. We Are Lady Parts, which mm. I really enjoyed last year. Anyway, it's it's her first feature film.
1: All right, Yeah, British comedian. Oh, do you know what's coming out when you are going to be lapping it up Sophia Ritchie style in the south of France soon? I do tell. Um, your trip to Cannes will be exactly the same as her wedding, I'm sure. I will be listening to Good Charlotte as I'm feeling sunk <laughs> because I absolutely will not. <laughs> um, the Mary Quant movie that you mentioned – in a recent episode is coming out nationwide, Palace Cinemas.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's, I believe it's going to be screening at Golden Age in Sydney. Chic. Mm, very chic. It's, mm. it's a really good dog. Sadie Frost did a good a
1: job. I'll go see it.
0: Oh, Speaking of Golden Age, they've got the Australian uh, exclusive of a film that we had at MIF last year, mm. which is just extraordinary. And I'm really sad that there is nowhere in Melbourne playing it. Uh, it's De Humani Corpus Fabrica. Is this the internal? Yeah, so it's largely filmed with laparoscopic cameras. (laughs) I don't know what else
1: to say. The
0: internal one. The (laughs) internal one. It's like inner space, but um, it's essentially, yeah, it's like real footage of surgeries, and a lot of it is from the inside of the body. Uh It's so fascinating and really deeply moving. Like you don't expect to be so moved by the film but it's so beautiful it's not for those with a weak stomach at all okay but if you can see de humani corpus fabrica do 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 do
1: oh i wish i could maybe a trip to sydney is on the cards for me maybe what else have you been up to okay remember a few months ago we read that book we all want impossible things by Catherine newman i sure do there's a plot line in that that we didn't really cover in our conversation. That was one of the parts I loved most about that book, which was essentially that the woman who was in palliative care, who was dying, had a memory of a cake that she ate once. The Dean and DeLuca cake. And she just like, you'd call the store and they would be like, we've never sold a cake like that. And they kind of did all this investigating and found the cake. I had a a mystery cake moment solved oh. for me recently. All are welcome in Northcote once sold me a slice of this like double layer olive kind of olive oily like very moist dark chocolate cake with like a kind of crunchy layer of something in the middle and I remembered it being like a white icing but wasn't too sweet it wasn't like a rich buttercream or Mm. something anyway a friend Laura shout out who worked at that cafe at the time got in touch with the baker who also worked there at the time who no longer works there this is so true to the book truly who like us was Laura was the, uh, the kind of in between of her asking que- the baker, asking clarifying questions and me going, no, it wasn't that, no, it wasn't that. <laughs> we finally realized I was like, there was something crunchy on the layer in between. And that was it. Cause she was like, we did like a Koji caramel once. And I was like, that was fucking it.
0: Uh-huh. So it
1: was this like devil's food cake with a layer of Koji caramel, with a, It was a vanilla buttercream, but it was made like in a specific way to not be too sweet. So I just want to give an extremely hearty shout out to Laura, but also Georgia, the baker, who now runs Montfort Vinoiserie in, um, I think it's Fitzroy North. It's like off Nicholson Street. Melbourne's best croissants, if you ask me. Sorry, Loon. But yeah, she solved my long lost cake mystery. Like, are you going to be able to taste it again? Yeah, she sent me like spreadsheets like baker's recipes. Oh my God. I love this. Yeah. With like very minimal instruction. So I just had to kind of like fill in some blanks myself. Oh, great. Everything measured by grams, like 80 grams of egg whites. Fab. Yeah, it was fab. That's very good. What a project. That's going to be fun for you this winter. Oh yeah. To get it just right. Yeah. It's a, I've got to aim for something, you know, need a goal. (laughs) 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 What about you, Jinxie?
0: I have been cooking a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing like particularly special, I have to say, but I've really been doing the Melbourne like continental deli rounds, you know, like I hit up oh, yeah. Mediterranean wholesalers in Brunswick. I had a coffee and a slice of the pistachio cake at the cafe inside. It was very cute. You're very Melbourne. <laughs> very Melbourne. And uh, and then went to Siracos as well and like hit up all of the little shops in that Semi arcade that they've got. Yeah, it's all- like a fishmonger, a nut shop, a butcher, and a florist.
1: Yeah, and you go to the one that you need the stuff from, you know? It's mm-hmm. not like a supermarket style, get everything in one spot. I enjoy the village shopping, you know? Me too. And also the flowers there are really great. And the woman who runs that florist is really
0: sweet. She gave me like a 10 step tutorial on looking after poppies the other day.
1: Yeah, I have been, um, I've been doing three steps. There's not much to do. (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing it. I think I've had the same tutorial before. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been like killing time, grabbing a couple of flowers before a bus arrives out the front that I need to catch. And I did have a kind of Rowan Atkinson in love actually moment where she was like rapping and telling me things. And I was just standing there with my card out being like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. let me pay mm-hmm. so I can take mm-hmm. these flowers mm-hmm. on the bus. I know, I hate
0: that feeling. Yeah,
1: but look, it all worked out in the end. Yeah, I, I cooked some,
0: um, some friends some mussels last night and like a white wine with some chili and, and just like a really big, simple pasta. Shout out to my friend Di, who coined the phrase simple pasta many years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, just a simple pasta with like a, I frizzled some anchovies with capers and garlic and then, oh yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah. A frizzled caper. I love a frizzled caper. Yeah, yummy. So, yeah, I've been doing this kind of very fishy pasta dish recently and just getting it exactly right. Delish. And uh, some Cavolo nero and parsley from my own subpod garden. How is your garden going? It's going really well. <laughs> I was just Merry Mary, Mary quite <laughs> Yeah,
1: you were. I loved it. Was it was an accident. Uh, it's going really well. My worms are going They're happy. Gangbusters. Do they go somewhere else in winter? Like, do they... No, they
0: just hang out in there. They've got, like, a little blanket mm. inside. Oh, uh, And so they're currently eating through the blanket, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, they... yeah, it, They're
1: really... They're thriving. Maybe I need a little worm garden. All my shit that I planted last year, my friend came over yesterday and goes, because I was like, I need your help. You're good at gardening. And he looked on my balcony. he was like, well, first of all, everything is dead. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's also because we get excited around spring, but then like the. Summers here are really lethal and yeah, it's like constant maintenance to keep anything alive on a balcony in Melbourne, I have found.
1: Yeah, the fried mint stems are proof of that (laughs) on my balcony (laughs) that I just
0: can't dig up and throw away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been eating well too. I've been going to some, having some really good little dinners mm-hmm. at Embla and many of them at oh, Napier. Yeah. How was course. your Embla
1: dinner the other night?
0: Oh, it's lovely. The soured cucumbers are just the best thing. Yeah, we had this like anchovy whip situation
1: that I hadn't had there before. Uh huh. That was very good. But, you know, like the cocktails were good, but the wine was just great. Yeah. I've only been to Embla once and I think I had those cucumbers. They have like a dust. Yes. Like green dust on them or something. Yes. Yeah. It's like a dill yes. a dill frost over the top of those cucumbers. And I just want bread to like. Sop
0: it up. Scoop it all up. Oh, yes, you do. Yeah. Oh, we had some special events happen
1: to us and our pets in the last week. Oh, my God. Yeah. Our Turian pets. We've both never had discussed birthdays. this before. They've never met. They've never met. Carol and Top Chef, yeah, they both turned, well, Top Chef turned two, Two. Mm -hmm. and Carol turned eight at the end of April. Gorge. How did you celebrate? Well, look, it's on my calendar, so it wasn't until I sat down at work for the day that I was like, oh, my God, Carol, it's your birthday. (laughs) And I was in my office, and she was asleep on the couch and didn't register, Um, but I did have a visit from a friend later that day who had seen my Instagram post about Carol's birthday, and brought over, like, a little treat, um, a little bit of, like, I don't know, funky mackerel in a plastic mm. sleeve um, that Carol really enjoyed for her dinner. And a little toy for her, which her favorite toys are, like, leaves she finds outside of and course. then chases around for hours. Um, And a box to bite into, which I provided. That's good. Yeah. I gave Top Chef uh, some
0: dog lato, which oh. is... Before I had a dog, man, I made fun of these things. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "Oh God, why would you ever give your dog ice cream? It's really embarrassing. Uh, but my local grocery store has a whole fridge just dedicated to dog lato. Oh, I'm realizing now it's gelato, not mm. latte. No, yeah, but it's for dogs. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so I bought him some like berry flavored ice cream that comes in a cone. So mm. he got that, and he got some park time. And his best friend Rosie bought him peanut butter, which was pretty oh, good. That's yeah. really cute. He loved it. He's he doesn't know.
1: He doesn't know. He doesn't care. I really wish I could take Carol to a Starbucks and get her like a <laughs> a puppy <laughs> chino. Oh yeah, they give never. You, like, little cups.
0: Yeah, there are quite a few places in Melbourne
1: like cafes that do it, but. No, I mean, she loves dairy. I could just like give her some milk or cream. You froth it up in your little frother. You're right. I could. She only likes like two licks of anything and then she's done. Oh, of course. Of course. That is a cat's want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> spoiled little dreamboat. Oh, absolutely. Um, speaking of spoiled people, I don't know. It's a terrible <laughs> segue. Did you read that Real Housewives of Sydney is coming back? Stop. So they cancelled Melbourne last year but Sydney is coming back, but a new cast because
1: <gasps> the old cast were too nasty. <laughs> well, they famously were so mean that Bravo in America was like, no, we've shown some horrible people, but we don't want these, ones. these ones. And Andy Cohen's never watched either of He's them. He's never watched them. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, it's coming back next year. That would be a dagger in the hearts of every Australian Housewives ego that Andy Cohen's never I know them. I
0: thought that. I was like. How is Jackie coping? You should ask Lydia. I should, should ask Lydia. Send
1: a, a letter
0: by return post. Because as, as uh, you know, you had a lovely dinner at Lydia's house. Infamously. Many episodes ago. It's worth going back and having a listen if you missed that one. It really is. But she also has, you alerted me to this, um, very early one morning. It was probably not that early, but for me it was. For you, early riser, not at all.
1: But that she sells, she's selling her clothes online. She in has been, shop in Lydia's closet. The shop is new. The e-com platform is new. It used to just be photos on her Instagram story. Oh, not always lo-fi. very, not always very um, VM'd. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're still not
0: that VM'd, but um, there, yeah, she is selling off some of her. Pieces Mm -hmm. Um, Many of which uh, Does have a little blurb on it That says um, As worn on Real Housewives of Melbourne Obsessed Love that Uh, But I did find I was like I'm going to have a look in Lydia's closet And see what she's got uh she had an amazing comte Gasson skirt like a a long pencil skirt essentially it's from the 2007 collection which i was really obsessed with at the time because like all the models came down with funny little mouse ears like male mm-hmm. mouse ears and like extreme like lots of purple eye makeup and stuff and they- I just was really obsessed with that particular runway show. Yeah. So in that collection, they did a series of um, skirts and pants and tops that have like 3D, like puffy hands. Mm -hmm. So when you wear the skirt, you've got like a pair of hands coming around your waist. Anyway, Lydia was selling that. For? $100. Amazing. $100. Yeah. It's not right. It's not, but it's okay because now... It's yours. But oh, now it's mine. I clicked that thing so fast anyway and it arrived and it's perfect. I can't wait to see you wear it. It's really ridiculous. Like it's was one of those like It's so great. I
1: can't Full ridiculous. Like The fact com that Lydia items. owns it makes me be like Lydia, you've got more wonders hiding in that closet because I never would have thought that well, she was like thing. a freakish, demented, hands, calm kind of girl.
0: No, same. And so, like, it, it was very different to everything else that she was selling, yeah. I got to say. But, you know, there were some, like, cute Mew Mew clogs in there. Too small. But, uh,
1: yeah, the fact that she's got a calm skirt like that. Mm. Yeah, I want to know... I want to know. She had some like neon yellowy green, like Dries Van Noten sandals last year that I was very tempted by. I Mm. thought, well, they're kind of Velcro-y. So if they're a size too small, I can kind of fake it. But um, ultimately, I didn't grab them. and you had a conversation with her about like selling off her stuff too right she she'll just tell you stuff if you go to dinner at Lydia's house she just says stuff and it's great so <laughs> she we didn't ask about her selling her items, which she was doing a lot of at the time but she was just like, I've got so much and I've I've worn it all on the show and people want it more than I do that's kind of great thing. yeah I do a
0: few major op shop drop-offs. Each year and not just, like, sell it through Mutual Muse, etc., or eBay or Vestiaire or whatever, because I have had such incredible luck at op shops my whole life that mm. I'm, like, I need to keep, like, feeding the beast. Like, I have to yes. pay it back. I need it's to keep cumic. my karma in
1: check at the op shops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the reason why they're called Goodwill in America. It's true, You right? need a little more of it. And also, op shops are just full of shit now. They're all full of, like... Oh. Crappy polyester fast fashion. But that's what Gen Z want. I mean, not to sound like an old hag, but like when I see people, like young kids on TikTok who go op shopping to find like quote unquote vintage sports girl or supre or esprit, you know. I'm not above a bit of vintage esprit myself. But our Vintage Esprit is different to their Vintage You know, (laughs) the little skirts that are like a big band with like pleats. Oh my God, yes. Beneath and like little fake buckles on the side. I'm like, no, I... Like, but I guess it was twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I guess
0: it is. But I mean, it's not taking the vintage, whatever. But <laughs> yeah, every time I go in now, I'm like, oh god, there. Yeah, like I worked in a vintage store for a really, really long time, and mm-hmm. now I'm just like, oh god, the things that came through that shop that I should have grabbed. held on to. Yeah. Or like op shopping as a teenager.
1: Oh man, I had so much time for it. So much time for it. Yeah, like days. I When I first moved to Melbourne from a small town in Queensland that didn't really have like public transport, I was so obsessed with just the idea that I could get on the train and go anywhere else. The mm-hmm. thought of like convenience never crossed my mind. I lived in Reservoir the first year and a half that I lived in Melbourne, so like a 40-ish minute train trip into the city And I would take that and then get on another train for an hour to Frankston Mm. because they had like a big two or three level savers. And I would just trawl through the racks and then go home again. Mm. Yeah. All the time I would do this shit. No, I miss it. Now that I don't live
0: in Sydney, I can say I would often drive over to the north and there are like two or three different op shops in crow's nest that i always had really good luck at and, and there's a north sydney vinnies that is like surprisingly large and they always have like really good good pieces um the one north sydney like a wealthy it, yeah, area? Yeah, it would be like shopping in, like, Turak. Sure. Like, that side of the river. And you don't need to go to any of the ones, like, in Mossman, etc. It's all, like, overpriced shit. Mm-hmm. But there are some really good ones, like, Hornsby Asquith Way. Okay. There's a really great one in Asquith where I found, like, almost everything. It's closed down now, but there is still, like, a strip of shops in Asquith that have,
1: like, good good places. Mm. This That's just reminded me that... I lived for almost a year in my final year of uni in Kew, in East Kew, um, don't ask. And the main kind of shopping strip in in Kew, which I'm forgetting the name of now, but it's where like Leo's and Toscano's is. There are a couple of like op shops attached to churches. Mm, Always good, always good. Fuck me, they were good. Mm -hmm. I bought so much stuff and it was so clear that it was like, the clear out of like rich people's houses. Mm-hmm. I also bought the VHS copy of the incredibly true adventures of two girls in love. Amazing. At one of these church shop shops. Oh, love that. Yeah. Very 2010.
0: If anyone wants to get in touch with uh, their Melbourne tips, please do tell. Cause I feel like a little, like, you know, I'm I, due for a scavenge. Yeah, me too. I mean, I find a lot of things at um, Brotherhood of St. Lawrence on Brunswick Street. And I found some good stuff there, but not clothes. Mm. Anyway, open open to suggestions.
1: The door's open. This is kind of a throwback to our very first episode, Jinxie. Oh, I love it. When my also, also, maybe my first ever was for flybys. <laughs> yep. Um, every year, flybys picks 50 members and they become the annual flybys 50, just like, profiling and rewarding their top members of the year this year guess who's in the top 50 oh my god bl it's is me. it you it me oh well congratulations thank you look i'm not in the video campaign i had to send in a photo of myself didn't get my photo taken i may have been a late call up when someone else didn't want to be a part of it or couldn't be a part don't of it don't sell yourself short but it's fine you're but there i'm there and that's but what matters i'm among the top well, congratulations. Thank you. you. elite Flybys member. Thanks. I've got a hat and a tote bag and a jumper. Do you? They and send you merch? Yeah, I got a shiny new Flybys card um, to replace the one that I got in the 90s when my mum signed me up. I'm a little sad about replacing it. I've got to be honest. Oh, wow. It's like when you get a new driver's license or something. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I am 10 years older. Yeah. Oh, passport photos. Oh, good. Oh, I did look like a child in my last one. All right. <laughs> Well, congratulations. Thank you. And if you want any tips, um, hit me up. Okay. I love a rewards program.
0: I know you do. And I love that for you.
1: The yesteryear issue of New York Mag, the It Girl issue, came out, I think, a day after we recorded our Influencer episode. I know. See, also recently. So cruel. So cruel. I saw it and I was like, can't wait. I think I put it on my Instagram story and said, can't wait to hear podcasters talk about this. (laughs) And now here we are. It would be too late for us to do it, but I don't care. I actually haven't heard anyone else talking about it also, so... We just have to. We mu- We simply must. We have to get into it. I wrote my notes and I said, I'm going to keep it really brief. And I've got about 500 words <laughs> in front do. of me. Of
0: course, of <laughs> course. I mean, there was such a kind of hoo-ha about the Nepo baby uh, issue mm-hmm. that they did a few months ago. And this sort of feels like that level of things. Like it's such a, it's like a real deep dive into it girls and it girl culture Mm. and it's very much a well who did they pick and
1: who do they leave out like there is still the in and out totally they went through the decades of it girls and I feel like if I assume you had a similar reaction to me you're just scanning to be like did they pick the people I would have picked Uh yes 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 Mm -hmm. and then as it gets to like the more recent ones the present day Uh the, the 2010s and 2020s I was like who (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was exactly the same.
0: <laughs> yeah, the like modern day it girls. I was like, oh, no, not they, they're not just who I would have TikTok, yeah, or just like. A bit famous A bit already. famous, yeah. yeah.
1: I did like that they um, – some people were in there because of their proximity to other celebrities. Like they had the little acronym Foot, which stands for Friends of Olsen Twins, <laughs> or F.O.L.D., which is Friends of Lena Dunham. So like a Jemima Kirk and Audrey Gelman mm. fall into the latter category. Mm. Yeah. I wonder how Audrey feels about that. I think it's accurate. I think it's accurate too. Yeah, I mean, she's it, – it's – they had a kind of like – girl bossy tangent in the cover story about like Emily Weiss and Audrey Gelman, Um, but it was really funny to think about how the kind of cool girls became like the ones with very professional jobs at some point and stopped being the girls who were like, coked up with mascara running down their faces.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what Audrey Gilman was always
1: about. Like working in like politics. Yeah. Yeah. She was kind of more buttoned up than the rest, even if she had like a braided headband. Yeah. Having our influence episode so fresh in my mind, I did think a lot about how like reading this cover story, I was just struck by like how much coolness used to be a priority Mm. and how I feel coolness was currency. Absolutely, and like that's what makes an it girl, you know. Uh-huh. And it's like you know they mentioned the word chic in there. You know, <laughs> it girl is like the word chic, one of these words that is like kind of subjective, but um, you kind of know it when you see it, kind yep. of thing. But like cool used to be so important, like, in like irony or porn. You know what, when you see it, a hundred percent. But like you know, a sense of coolness whether it was just a hot girl smoking a cigarette or not, but it used to be so important in like the making of like a cultural figure. Whereas now I feel like, I don't know. I, again, I don't want to sound like an old bag, but like I feel empathy for young people because I feel like a lot of the only people they have to look up to are just like hot slash popular. Like there's not a, Mm. there's not a kind of coolness or like a cultural cachet that comes with someone like, not to overuse her as an example, but like an Emma Chamberlain, you know? Sure.
0: Yeah, I think when we were talking about – and we were trying so hard to get our <laughs> thoughts on influencer culture, like, to be as eloquent as possible. And then, of course, we both came away from recording it being like, shit, I missed this. I, I sounded like a dumb <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, did I sound like I really am anti-brand or whatever? <laughs> um. And amusingly, some brands got in touch with us afterwards, which was lovely. Um, but I think that, yeah, the it girl culture is different in that it's exactly what you say, that current like influencers and like TikTokers essentially essentially uh, interchangeable, I guess. Mm. Like their whole fame is around interacting with brands. Yeah. So it's really like I'm doing this ad or I'm doing this like unboxing or whatever, but mm-hmm. they don't. Have anything A lot of them don't have anything else And of course like the good People that we follow Who are doing kind of like the influencing Thing are just sort of like People who have like Their own businesses and their own like, I don't, worlds kind of already mapped out. And then this is just this like cherry on top where they're like, Mm. I can also lend this thing to this, um, you know, sponsored brand and they can get a little bit of my magic essentially. Mm. And that's kind of an it thing. Whereas influencing is very different. It's very much like my whole life is around like who wants to work with me because I'm like,
1: Pretty and thin, essentially. Like who looks at me and says she could sell our product. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I was thinking about like for the it girl, like they were the product that was being kind of bought and sold, especially in the case of someone like Corey Kennedy, who I cannot believe that she's my age. I feel like I grew up watching her, Mm. you know. I also, side note, tried to explain who she was (laughs) to people at my full-time nine-to-five job recently, who I learned are all in their, like, early to mid-twenties. I'm um, shaking my head. They thought I was talking about Corey Worthington oh, for a my time. God. But also just explaining that, like, no, there was this guy who took photos at parties and the photos of this girl had people raised questions about who she was and they thought she was cool when they uploaded them to MySpace mm-hmm. and that was like the making of a cult figure.
0: Totally. It was. Yeah. Aren't these people reading, like following the Indie Sleaze account on Instagram? I thought everybody
1: was. They don't know what that is. Okay. Because sure. they weren't born too many years ago. <laughs> okay. Fair. Um, fair. But that's another part of it is like the Corey Kennedy and the, um, the, uh, there's a part of this oh, reading this package in New York mag made me realize how much, social life and like going to the coolest events was such a big part of these it girl images in years gone by. Whereas now I think about like an influencer goes to brand events activations. and activations that they've been invited to yeah. because they have a certain level of cachet. Whereas it used to be that their presence, you know, an it girls or a person's presence at a certain club night or mm. a show or whatever would kind of, make both them and that event. Um, And yeah, I think that there's, there's not a whole lot of like trend setting and like social life and like that kind of taste making element to it anymore. Yeah, totally. It's like
0: Corey Kennedy at like lit or Max Fish, both of Valet and (laughs) and like Chloe Sevigny at Sway and Edie Sedgwick at like the factory parties, you know, like it's, it's very much, that's how they became kind of famous for being out, essentially, which yeah. is like a real socialite thing. Absolutely. Other, you know, um, I really liked the piece on Corey Kennedy in particular. Yeah. It made me kind of sad, like, you know, reading about how she thinks about those experiences and what it made her
1: feel. There's the always time. something quite troubling about the photos of her as like a 15 year old.
0: Yeah, because she was really young and she was like dating Cobra Snake. And um, she. Like wasn't really kind of into the whole thing But it just sort of happened to her Mm. But now she's got a house in Connecticut with her partner And she wants to be a hipster farmer And I was like, good for you, Corey Kennedy I love that for Corey And I also loved how the interviewer was like Corey Kennedy is still a really good time (laughs) I, I enjoyed that, that. She was like stealing puffs of her cigarette the whole time. <laughs> and calling them draggies. draggies. I was like. Draggies.
1: Still the same. That's it's still fun. the same, it girl. That's fun. Yeah. They did reference like a famous profile. You mentioned Chloe Seven Year before. Obviously, the Jay McInerney New Yorker profile of mm-hmm. her when she was just 17. And like Chloe in this current issue claims that she's not an it girl she's like i've grown out of it i'm like you are always going to be fucking it girl but You're- she
0: has to say
1: that she has to you, you can't, can't acknowledge call yourself it. an it girl yeah but she's almost 50 and is still like the like preeminent cool girl of yeah, all she cool is. girls she's very cool there was like an alexa chung like little profile as well i liked that i liked it too i love alexa her book it did not get it <laughs> i thought <laughs> but side note I did think, like, the fact that she lived in New York made her qualify for this, even though she is, like, she's a British girl. Mm, Yeah, but she did have that. She did have a nice apartment. She had a great apartment in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, semantics. Which she recently sold. Mm, And along with her brand, Dissolved. Dissolved. But, yeah, I liked that
0: piece. My favourite one was the uh, Jamie King piece by Alyssa Mm. Bennett. Um, Alyssa Bennett is... A writer and, you know, critic, podcaster She did that series with Lena Dunham, The podcast series with Lena Dunham many years ago And she did this also great, like, zine about ghosts Anyway, uh, but she was a model And she modelled with Jamie King uh, When they were first starting out mm. And the piece is called Jamie King was too young for all of that And anyway, it, there's, there was a really great bit of the profile it's like the Q&A and Alyssa is talking about, they're talking about modeling. And Alyssa says, it's like planned obsolescence, right? It's like becoming the new car that was just driven off the lot and immediately depreciates in value. That's how it felt to me. And then Jamie is talking about like the ideal, like the concept of being an it girl. And she says, the it girl immediately indicates that you can also be an out girl. Like, what does it mean to be it? Uh, It's built into the construct is the question of how long it lasts because by definition it's transient, it's easily permeated. I've never wanted to hang my hat on something like that. I've been the it girl and it comes and goes like a breeze. Like one year you're it, the next you're out, then the next five years you're it again and on and on and on. Like what does it mean? Mm. Uh, Her piece is really interesting because she was – uh, she was um, profiled in like when she was really young, like seventeen. A girl think? called James
1: or something. The yeah. famous headline.
0: Yeah, and um, and like that really changed her life. But she had like a pretty troubled, yeah. pretty troubled like adolescence. And now she's talking about how you know she was a model when she was thirteen, and now she's saying like girls should not. Be allowed in the fashion industry at that age, and like yeah. her experiences speak to that. And like one of the first photographers she worked with, like, shot her up with heroin, etc. Anyway, yeah. I thought that was like such a good piece, and also great to have a really smart sassy ex
1: model doing that profile was perfect. Absolutely. As I was going through and looking for the people that I would have included in my uh-huh. personal list, I was really excited to see a few people from what I realize now were kind of the extended opening ceremony universe. Oh, yeah. Like I was a diehard reader of the opening ceremony blog mm-hmm. back in the day. And I, you know, I would watch video interviews with people like Chrissy Miller and her label sophomore. Like I have a sophomore t-shirt that I bought when I like the first time I went to New York and I made a dedicated visit and truly I don't know softest t-shirt I've ever owned (laughs) and like Jen Brill I couldn't tell you what she does for work but she like had this collab with opening ceremony of like these wedges that I still think about often and never owned um but when I saw them in this article I was like yes correct yes (laughs) they uh they needed to be on this list and like Chrissy Miller who of course is the daughter of famous astrologer Susan Miller Mm -hmm. um had Club Chrissy, which used to be mentioned in like video interviews with like Chloe Sevigny walking around the Lower East Side. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, I was like a teenager in Bundaberg and just dying to know what Club Chrissy was. And there was like a little history of it and photos of people hanging out in her apartment, like Leo Fitzpatrick from Kids sitting next to Lindsay Lohan in chrissy miller's apartment um and so like seeing it finally after Mm. decades of like hearing about it um was iconic (laughs) leo fitzpatrick what's he doing married to chrissy miller
0: oh they're married yeah
1: i didn't realize yeah i think they have a baby several babies good for you leo this whole package was inspired in part by New York Mag editor Lindsay People's reading a 2007 piece on like the socialite wars between Tinsley Mortimer and <laughs> Olivia Palermo. Oh, Tins Tins. So I have a see also, which is that you must watch High Society, which was Tinsley's very short lived documentary reality series about all these like absolutely heinous rich kids in New York, it's just after Tinsley got divorced from Topper, but I feel it's like Topper. I forgot Topper Mortimer got oh a shout out not. in this it girl <laughs> issue as well. Um, but a lot of the people whose names crop up in this list of like 101 it girls intersected with that, mm. including I feel like Davina who kind of faked her identity to be a socialite and started Hamptons magazine, which like featured Bethany Frankel on the cover. Mm. We saw her on Rony Anyway, It's a whole wild world, and I think you're going to love it. I've never seen it, so I must. It's all on YouTube. Like, some person has ripped it and uploaded it. It got removed from streaming services for years, I think, because of their, like, rich, powerful families of the horrible people in it knew better than to Mm. let it sour their reputations. But I'm going to put a link also to, like, that Everyone Is An It Girl, like, list of 101 people because on it, a few fun facts... Lily Kwong is on it. I never knew she was kind of a hot gal on the scene who is married to Nick Kroll and is the cousin of Joseph Altrazara, whose private chef is one of my favorite influences to follow Meredith Hayden. Oh, okay. Wow. Agnes Whiplash. Dean is- Agnes My favorite Pilates instructor is friends with her and gave me some goss recently. Harley Vieira Newton is on it, who was like hot girl DJ like Alexa Chung extended universe and her sister is like recommends great skincare on the cut and the strategist Okay, and the last one the darkest one Hannah Bronfman um, her brother had a baby with MIA she oh. dated Kanye West at one point allegedly but also she's the granddaughter of a billionaire and philanthropist whose family like founded a beverage company in Canada called Seagram And her father is the half-brother of Claire Bronfman, whose name might be familiar, to anyone who has watched The Vow, because Claire Bronfman recently pleaded guilty to crimes relating to her involvement in the sex cult Nexium. Okay, I'm in. The Bronfman's baby. Wow. From it girl to sex cult. I mean, a lot of them families are... I mean, dark sided. There's sex cults everywhere. <laughs> I
0: only really get one C also for this, and it is Edie by Gene Stein, the oral history of Edie Sedgwick. It is was like the first major oral history. It was it came out before Legs McNeil's punk book. It came out obviously before my favorite, The Cookie Mueller. But yeah, look, this oral history is just incredible. It's so. Great It is so good It's like really One of the best Biographies of a Celebrity I've ever Read because it Talks a lot about Like Eddie's family And like living On the ranch And then like Coming to New York And like having Everything change But also like What her Ambitions were Or lack of And then You know Filming Chow Manhattan Oh god It's just like It's dripping With juice This thing
1: Mm, Dripping with
0: juice Gross (laughs) It got bumped from my also also straight into its own segment because it is so fucking good. She got promoted. She got promoted. She went from stories to grid. (laughs) Um, It's Dead Ringers, which is currently on Amazon Prime. Oh, my God. I don't even know where to start. I just love this show so much. And I am sick of A 100% sick of them. I would not have watched this had it not been for Rachel Vice in the lead role. So Dead Ringers is it's a reboot of the David Cronenberg film from 1988 of the same name, starring Jeremy Irons. I cannot hear Jeremy Irons without thinking of that famous Simpsons episode (laughs) where Lisa (laughs) Simpson is playing that anagram game and all she can think of is Jeremy's Iron. Anyway, so Jeremy's Iron is in Dead Ringers and they play
1: twin gynecologists. He plays twin gynecologists. Yeah, Yeah. he plays
0: twin. Oh, my God, I'm getting confused. But Uh, also,
1: like, he and Rachel Weisz are, like... They're, they're duplicates
0: now They're duplicates yeah. So this sort of reimagines that world uh, And it features Rachel Weiss As Beverly and Elliot Mantle Twin sisters Identical twin sisters Who are both gynecologists One is kind of a bit of a lush She loves a party And her She's ambitions snorting constantly She's <laughs> snorting constantly Her ambitions kind of lie in stretching Reproduction uh, science And mm-hmm. that is Elliot And then Beverly is the kind of kinder, more sensitive one Who
1: is gay And Has real- more like maternal instincts Like her sister's interest in like the science Of
0: Yeah, whereas like
1: Beverly is like more Kind of moralistic and ethical I-, I would say She's got the bedside manner, she's delivering the babies Whereas Elliot is down in the lab Seeing if she can grow babies without the need for women. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I, I started watching this because I was like, I love Rachel Vice, obviously.
0: And, and as my friend Rich said last night, the only thing better than Rachel Vice is Rachel twice. Fuck me. Uh, but it's, yeah, look, it's
1: true. It's fucking true. It is. Watching them interact with each other, you truly forget it's just one actor.
0: <laughs> you know, I feel like such a, like idiot when I'm watching it because I'm like the whole time I'm just like wow they're really good they're both really great they're so good these two
1: actors
0: (laughs) and then you stop and think about it and you're like how are they actually filming this and does everything
1: just take at least twice as long to film I mean I guess so I guess so (laughs) anyway it also features our Michael Chernus from our fave show Severance and when I realized he was in both, I mean, his character is very different, but it made me realize like the tone is kind of similar. Like when you recommend it, you recommended both shows to me and going into Dead Ringers, I was like, what the fuck? Like, it's. It's deeply twisted. It's very dark, both visually and narratively. I did try watching some early in the morning and could not see anything going on, on my TV screen. Oh, I had the same thing.
0: I had to, yeah, I had to rewatch. Also, a friend of mine tried to watch it stoned. Don't do that. No, 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 no. do
1: that. No, that's a bad idea. I had to text Jinxie after episode one. Should we talk about this so yeah, that people so. also don't have the same feeling I did? I was worried that they weren't really twins. I texted Jinxie and said, is this going to be like a fight club situation or like a Sixth Sense or a United States of Rachel Vice?" And you assured me that I was like I don't care about spoilers just tell me that they're they're really twins and you were like they are really twins yeah and that's not a spoiler they're just twins they're like, just twins
0: that was something that you were reading into it and it, of course it does happen because this show does have a lot of flash forwards flashbacks but you often don't know what timeline you're in or one twin is like attending something by herself mm-hmm. and saying things and you're like what hey what how does that all relate yeah and like by the end of the series it all just like is wrapped up in this terrifying beautiful bow beau. um i've still got one episode to go Ooh, yeah so we're not gonna yet. spoil We're not gonna spoil i just really adored this show i think yeah, yeah it's, you brought up severance i really have not loved a show since severance like this, like,
1: yeah, yeah, we all love succession, but this, I don't know, mm. this is doing something it's different. It's, yeah. Do I need to watch the original, the David Cronenberg? Should I? Yeah, I think you should. It's worth watching. Um, I remember seeing it at the time and um, way too young and uh, it really stayed with me. Oh God. Oh, it sure will. I, when I looked this up also to like check a fact or something, there was a news.com.au headline in my search results that just said, graphic scenes will make your stomach drop. (laughs) And that was the headline of an article (laughs) about Ted Ring. I was like, it's fucked up. Yeah. This does need a little bit of viewer advice there. I mean, you do
0: the like right away in the first episode, like you're seeing surgical scenes, like they are working on a,
1: you know, birthing center. Yeah. There's like blood clots in your face in the first five minutes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say if you have had a traumatic birth experience recently or, you know, something that is, you know, troubling to you, this is not the show for you. Yes. Like there is a lot of, uh, like you really
1: do see, A lot of births and whether they go well or not, you see it all. So I guess like plot wise, it's maybe important to know the Mantle sisters are in the process in the first episode of opening like a kind of state of the art future forward, like birthing center, which for Beverly means providing more care to women who cannot access it. And for Elliot means being able to develop like state of the art scientific kind of processes to kind of interrupt or like advance the the process of childbirth. Hmm.
0: I think with the with the, the mantle sisters in the show they are looking to or at least Elliot really is is looking to kind of advance the science of reproduction like you said like trying to essentially create Play God. Yes, yeah. Play God. And in the Cronenberg film, it was more about the brothers trying to kind of come up with new gynecological tools. So, gotcha. Yeah, so they're, they're kind of, they're different in that way. But I do think it's worth watching the film. But also, I did not know that the film was based, and like the whole Dead Ringer story was actually based on twin gynecologists. yeah, And Vulture just republished a piece from 1975 about them written by one of the patients. And it's incredible. It's so fascinating. It's called the strange death of the twin gynecologists, a patient's notes by Linda Wolf. It's really good. Oh my
1: God. Yeah. I saw that it was based on real people, but I had no idea. In their process to kind of like go high tech with the birthing process. They do encounter a character called Rebecca Parker, who's played by Jennifer Ely, um, who I only know from Pride and Prejudice. Uh, I I love Jennifer Ely. Very different performance. Oh, very different. God, she's an absolute... (laughs) Can't <laughs> like a. you said babe, witch. and I was like, yes, yeah, she is. She's a babe. She's a kind, of, essentially a stand-in for like a Sackler family member. Yes, um, someone who has been made rich from uh, like the opioid crisis. And in episode two, the mantles have to kind of go to her retreat full of like her kind of hangers on to endear themselves to her and basically (laughs) convince everyone why they should be given money to like give women healthcare. And one of the members of her family, I never seen this actor in anything before. I think she's very kind of up and coming Alison Kloster, who plays like the niece of Rebecca Parker. What a performance. Oh, my God. I wanted to slap her around the head the entire episode. Her character's name is Mackenzie, and she's just like. Which was my original birth name.
0: No. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it didn't make it to the birth certificate. It got changed at the last minute. Wow. Yeah. I'm speechless. Yeah. I shouldn't be a Kate. I should be a Mackenzie. No, you shouldn't. I don't know. It's
1: funny, isn't it? Your life would be so different if you were a Mackenzie. Yeah, I think it might. Maybe I would have wound up in the Sackler family. Well, I mean, this character is like a clearly like vicious Smith College lesbian bitch. Yeah, um, that <laughs> sounds exactly what I could be. But this, uh, this is sliding doors. Wow. Okay. That I'm, is my sliding doors. I'm <laughs>
0: to silence. Yeah, because it's my Scottish clan. So that was supposed to be my first name. Fuck me. Yeah. Wow. I could have been like an evil cunt Smith lesbian. Could have been, should have been. <laughs> That's all I had to say about Mackenzie. <laughs> you shocked me. I'm uh, shocked. Uh, but yeah, Jennifer Ely. Let's get back to Jennifer Ely. I'm trying to work out what glasses she's wearing at the moment. If anyone has any intel, I've, oh. I've, I've been sent to like a few. Like a few great people have gotten in touch. And go like, I think she might be wearing, but she's not wearing any of them. But she's got this beautiful pair of specs. Anyway, Jennifer Ely, love. Her. I also love Poppy Lou's performance as the kind of maid housekeeper. Um, I really love that when she's asked like, are you the maid or something? And she's like, yeah, I'm a fucking maid. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> she is great in hacks and I've never seen her in anything else. So I was like so pleased when she appeared on
1: screen in this. Yeah, she's excellent. I saw a little um interview because I haven't got to the end of the season yet. So I'm like nervous about finding out information before I'm there. Yeah, but we're keeping this spoiler free. Yes, but there was a little interview with her that um, talked about the costuming Mm. and the um, costume designer is also an Asian woman who looked at Poppy Lou and said essentially like, I don't want anyone to think of you as like the maid or the help. You need to be the most like well-dressed bitch in every room.
0: (laughs) And she fucking is. She's terrifying. (laughs) She's terrifying. I love her. Um, We should also mention that it was created by Alice Birch. She was a writer on Succession, Normal People, The wonder and also
1: Lady Macbeth she wrote she's doing something special this Alice Birch she sure is it uh yeah it's got a real specific look and feel if you will it sure does (laughs)
0: and one of the so it's Directed by, I think, four people, the whole series. But notably, it's directed a couple of episodes by Karen Kasama, but also Sean Durkin, who did Martha Marcy May Marlene. And there are many Martha Marcy May Marlene
1: moments within there. Mm-hmm. Martha 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 Martha. Martha 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 Martha. That brings me to one of my see alsos, if we're ready. Mm-hmm. um Sean Durkin's film The Nest. Oh, yes. About 11 years after making Martha Marcy May Marlene, he made a film called The Nest with Jude Law and Carrie Coon. Which I adored. Cocoon. Is that.? (laughs) Not Anatole. There's also a really fun article in Vulture by Rachel Handler called "The Rachel Vice Gay Index." That was also one of my series, of course. <laughs> Naturally, I just love the line. Back in 2009, Rachel Vice expressed her desire to be a lesbian icon. Oh, tick, tick, tick on those goals. She did it. Um, and she, Rachel Handler, like Queen of the Taxonomy article, gives little criteria to a bunch of Rachel Vice's roles, including her role in Definitely Maybe. And the question she asks in each of these roles is, is her job gay? (laughs) And in that movie, she says, I'm writing these really dumb items for New York Magazine waiting for my big break. So Rachel Handler says, writing this article puts me in that exact same category and I am queer. So by the transitive property, yes, her job is gay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I really enjoyed that piece. I had it sent to me by a number of people. Everyone's seen The Favourite, I hope, with you know, where that really kind of rocketed her to a lesbian icon status. Mm -hmm. But just a shout out to Disobedience, where she is opposite Rachel McAdams and it's set in an Orthodox Jewish community in London. Mm. And it has a very wild sex scene. I didn't know stupidly that Rachel Weiss was married to Daniel Craig. I didn't know it. I didn't know this either. (laughs) But she used to be married to Darren Aronofsky and I was looking up like, Hmm. how long have Daniel Craig and Rachel Weiss been married? And uh, you know, when you type in something to like a search engine and it gives you questions that are most commonly asked. When I typed in that, the more results were are Daniel Craig and Rachel Vice happy? How old was Daniel Craig when married Rachel Vice? Why did Darren Aronofsky make Black Swan? What is Darren Aronofsky's hardest movie to watch? Like, it just, like, makes this wild turn. This, like, anti-Aronofsky stance. It's very funny. This is
1: actually my research process for writing about the whale. (laughs) all right it's time for our also also's before we dive in uh just a quick fyi we're gonna be talking about bo is afraid in a future episode coming very soon so if you have not yet sat down to watch the new ari aster and emerged three and a bit hours later if you want to make time for it before we talk about it go ahead if you're not gonna do that that's fine
0: yeah I I think if you're going to see it, you're going to see it. Yeah. We're not going to pressure you into seeing Bo is Afraid.
1: No, but we are going to talk about some plot points in it, which, you know, the trailer gives absolutely nothing away. (laughs) It does not. If you're concerned about knowing a little too much, go see it. What's your first one? My first one is a read also. It's romantic comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld. Like, duh, <laughs> like every <laughs> A doy. woman in our age bracket is doing at the moment. Uh-huh. we tearing through this Curtis. Also men in our age bracket. Sure. I'm spoiling it for you. <laughs> spoiling it for me. Um, I read this in two sittings. And in my notes, I wrote, yum, yum. Um, <laughs> in an article about it in W Magazine, the writer said, everyone I know who's read romantic comedy has devoured it in around 48 hours. I myself pulled an all-nighter. And, you know, I have said on the podcast before, I'm such a slow reader. I'm not a reader. I've decided I'm a reader now. I think you were always a reader. It was one of three books I finished in a week
0: Yeah, it's a fast mover. It
1: sure is. I'm about like three quarters in. Yeah. You're in the emails. I'm in the emails. Yeah. Uh, The emails is a good part of the book and um, we'll say more coming up soon, but uh, that's about it for now. Yeah. I would say
0: absolutely just get this right now. You will finish it very quickly. You will finish it in time for our
1: episode. Yeah. We're recording this on independent bookstore day also. So go buy it from one of those. I did.
0: Good for me You gotta I did too Did I get it from Neighbourhood Books I think I did We got it from The Brunswick Street Bookstore Shut up Mm. Alright My first one Is a pod also It's Stiffed By Jen Romolini From one of our Favourite podcasts Everything is Fine That we've Mm -hmm. talked about On a previous episode but it's about Viva magazine, which was essentially started in New York in the early mid-70s by Bob Guccione, who was the founder of the men's magazine. I shouldn't say men's mag; It's the founder of the... Hustler-esque magazine Penthouse, Mm -hmm. which was like a big, made a big, big, big bid to compete against Playboy. Like it was much more salacious, shall we say, Mm -hmm. less gentlemanly. Anyway, Viva was an erotic magazine for women. And so he kind of founded it. But it was staffed pretty much by all feminist writers and editors. You know, people like Betty Friedan and then it had profiles on like Maya Angelou. Like it's quite Mm. an incredible thing. If you're thinking this sounds like Minx, the TV show, I think that's kind of where they got it from. Yeah. But um, I'm really, really enjoying this podcast series. I'm only like maybe three or four eps in and I think they've just finished recording the latest one. But like. Anna Wintour was the fashion editor of Viva. Oh, whoa.
1: Yeah, so there's like just so much to dive into. Oh, nice. I haven't started listening yet, but in you just reminded me on a recent episode of Work Appropriate and Helen Peterson's podcast that I have recommended here before. Um, Jen was a guest and she kind of talked about how making a career as a writer is increasingly difficult, but she talked about how she essentially did like an internship to learn how to make podcasts in like her early 40s and And it gave a little bit of the behind the scenes of making Stiffed. My next one is a slurp also. (laughs) Um, It's a laksa (laughs) that you can get from Malema's on St. George's Road in Fitzroy North. Or as Siri likes to say, St. George's Road. St. George's Road. It's become kind of accidentally my weekly tradition to order this laksa, the classic laksa from Malema's. It's got chicken, tofu puffs, crispy tofu skin, two different types of noodles, some eggplants, some fish cakes. It is truly delicious. Um, I never knew that they delivered until approximately three weeks ago when I ordered it on a Thursday night, sat down and watched Vanderbump Rules, and then the next week did the same. And then this week just gone. It got to Thursday, and I thought, I'm fucking sick of cooking for myself. I've run out of steam. And so three weeks in a row I've ordered the same thing. And it's a really fun little weekly tradition now. It's so delicious too. It's an incredible uh, Malaysian restaurant that's been there forever. As far as I'm aware, I have been going to Malema's for years. And when months go by between visits, I actively miss it. So a hot tip for anyone in and around the inner north. I mean, everyone knows about Malema's, but just this is an official endorsement for the laksa.
0: It's so good. I have was only put onto it very recently and they've got vegetarian and vegan as well. Chic chic. What's your next one? My next one is a cleanse also. It's the Elemis Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm. It came free in a Mecca Beauty Loop many months ago. And the highest compliment you can give to a complimentary product is it's running out and I'm going to rebuy. Yeah. I'm going to spend that money because it's so good. Oh yeah. Like most of them you're like, "Eh, this didn't change my life. This one is really good. It's like a very rich balm. It gets all your goop off at night. You can either use it as a mask or as a daily cleanser I only use it at night As a cleanser To get like The sunscreen off Yeah
1: You the, gotta double cleanse You
0: gotta do it Anyway It's It's really nice It gets Like I've used a lot of Oil cleansers But this is the nicest Your skin feels Just so good Afterwards It's mm. really good It's got um Elderberry oil Starflower oil and some Mediterranean algae that I have not heard of, but
1: loving it. As per. As per. Those Elemis products are like, they're so bougie and fancy, but you're not going to like try a cleanser in the store, you know? No, you're not. You need it to be sent to your house. Yes, you do. Yeah. My last one is a learn also. It's for these online learning classes from a website that I'd never heard of until recently. It's called five things I've learned. And I signed up and took a two hour class from Meg Wallitzer, which was all about writing about family relationships Um, because I've decided I'm going to, I'm saying it on the podcast and now I've got to do it. I'm going to really actively dedicate time to trying to write my novel over the rest of the year. Yes, please. I need to read it. It's hard. We're making one podcast. We both have full-time jobs. We both want to write books. We're freelancing, et cetera. When, When do I have time to mop the floors? TBD. But yeah, I thought I've spent some money. I've taken this class. I'm learning from the best Meg Wallitzer, and there are some other classes that I thought we you slash our listeners Jinxie might be interested in. There's one with Rebecca Mackay on getting unstuck. There's a couple from Jerry Saltz. One is about where the art world is. And another one is about how to look at art, which I'm curious to take as like a critic. Mm-hmm. Um, and one from Alexander Payne on filmmaking and film watching. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that website is five things I've learned. Oh, cool. I'm going to look into the Mac Eye. Yeah. Uh, my next one is a shoe. Also a
0: tread also, if you will. It's the black leather, Mary Janes from Le Monde Beryl. I am going away soon to Cannes And I'm trying really hard not to buy too many things before I go But you always want to take, like, the perfect the perfect suitcase full of things, right? So you're, like, every I, item I couldn't go to Cannes I'm too sloppy <laughs> you, you could And you will But, yeah, I was like I had these Mary Janes by the row in, like, in a cart I even had, like, a, a code to get them slightly cheaper and I just couldn't do it. And I sent them to you, and you were like, Jinxie, don't do it. I uh, all caps no yeah. as soon as I
1: found out how much they were.
0: You gave me another pretty funny no the other night. I showed you some shoes I wanted from Acne and you were like, um, Emily the Strange. And I was like, oh wow, ouch, what a burn. I'm sorry, it was my instinct. I love them. I'm still thinking about them. Um anyway, these are very chic. So Le Monde Beryl, I hadn't heard of them before, but I was looking for like the perfect like luxe dupe of these Royal Mary Janes. Cause I wanted something not with a chunky heel or sole, like a very kind of slim line soul situation. They're a UK brand who often seem to be featured in like the Gentlewoman, So it's like that vibe if you're into sure. it, which Perfect. I am into, yeah. obviously, uh, they're all made in Italy, but they're really beautiful. They do lots of like slippers and, um, Mary Jane's there are no Australian stockists. So you either buy them direct. Um, I got them via matches fashion and they were much cheaper that way. Which I think the carbon footprint lol uh, is a lot when you have to get shoes sent internationally to Australia. So I'm trying to keep it to an extreme it's minimum. carbon
1: footprint versus carbon footprint for Jinxie. Oh, I like
0: that. Anyway, these are very beautiful. So if you are after some like slim, slimline Mary Janes that look like the row but are not the row <laughs> because you don't have a
1: Lydia Tar budget,
0: <laughs> Le Monde
1: Beryl for you. That's it for this week's episode. As always, uh, we would love to read your reviews on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and follow us at See Also Podcast. Yeah. Thank you to Samuel Hodge for our imagery and
0: Harvey Sutherland for our original theme music. See ya. Bye. Bye.